Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting adventure at the Hub World. Today's quest will have us covering the February 8th, 2023 Nintendo Direct that happened. Um, my name is Jules, and today our party members are... Mateo. And Gino. Whether you're joining our adventure from YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, be sure to like and subscribe. Now let's get this adventure rolling right into the Direct. Um, so we all saw the Direct. I'm very excited about a lot of these things that were announced. So we're just going to do what we always do, break it down. We're going to watch kind of the Direct, go through it, um, and talk about things as they come up. Um, give you some thoughts, give you some impressions, maybe give you some theories. Um, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? What are we super excited about? That sort of stuff. Um, are we ready to just get right into it? Yep, but also there's a fair amount of stuff that Nintendo released after the Direct via press releases that we're also going to mention as well. Yes, thank mm -hmm. you for reminding us. Let's get it rolling. So we started off with the uh, Direct here and uh... right into it. Pick right here, so I will tell you, um, when this happened, I was like, Mario Galaxy 3? And wow, then immediately I was like, yeah, for some reason, and then I was like, oh yeah, Pikmin's a game. <laughs> oh yeah, this is happening. The ship yeah. is so distinctive, like, that's clearly I know, Pikmin. I, I don't know, for some reason, strangely, I watch on a big screen at my work, after work, um, and for some reason it was harder to tell what was on the screen on the big screen. I don't know why. Um... <laughs> But the visuals in this game are stunning. Like, Pikmin 3 looked beautiful, but holy crap, Pikmin 4 looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love... New protagonist here? Yeah I, yeah, I was confused at first if it was Brittany or not, but then very quickly I was like, okay, it's new. Um, new protagonist. We get to see our uh, fun little Pikmin here, our red Pikmin. The, the Pikmin ship design, though, is different than... Uh, or, sorry, it's the same as the one from Pikmin 3. It's and similar, it yeah. And the color, the color stuff, or like it, uh, if you, depending on the type of Pikmin you have in the ship, the colors will yep. sort of change. I think that's really cool. Yep. And it looks like this is a very early portion of the game. Now, whether this is just climbing, you know, kind of, yeah, the climbing is there. Now, whether this is just like, you know, a dev version of the game or not, who knows? Um, Ice Pikmin, very yeah. cool little guy here. Um, yeah, pun. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's true. I'm wondering if you're just going to get the standard three Pikmin from the get-go. Like, if they're not going to, like, build to the three and just kind of, you know, start you off with them. I I think this might just be, like, a classic case of just, like, okay, here you go. They show off the uh, all the yeah, new stuff, right? True. And, like, how they did with Pikmin 3, they showed us the flying Pikmin and the and the rock Pikmin yeah. right off right from the get-go. Yep. So, like, now, I'm, I'm wondering about this dog. Is it a Pikmin? No. No, it looks it's like a dog. It's it just a dog. Orb. It's a dog, yeah. Gino's not a big fan of the dog. He was going off about uh, this what? dog today. It was rough. The dog just looks really, really dumb. I feel like... What? Okay, this, no, I, I, it's it's really derpy. It's just... it. It's There's the a scale between derp... I'm a fan of Badoof, yes. But the thing is, though, when it comes to like derpiness and cuteness... This dog is just a little too derpy. It's not derpy cute. What? Remind... Yeah, the dog... I don't think it's cute. It's the adorable! Dog... And the... It's rem... an alien life form. They're bringing it into their ship, and they're being like, oh yeah, this thing's friendly. It could freaking eat all of them. Bulborbs have been known to like go and like murder everything. But it's... Right? We don't know if it's a Bulborb. The... the dog could be coming to this Pikmin planet with the 
the characters. And also, he look the dog actually really looks like a character from Wallace and Gromit. Like, like it looks like one of those okay, like, fine. clay sort of claymation characters. I love it. Okay. Now here's the thing. In the past you've had the Balboa Pikmin that were like friendly. And I don't know, like I, I like the dog a lot. I think see what I like about the dog is that what we've experienced in the last three Pikmin games is the changing gameplay mostly came from, you know, new Pikmin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a lot of change to how you play as the captain. And that's what I like about the dog is the dog doesn't feel like it's a change to the mechanics of the Pikmin. And it feels like it's more of a change to the mechanics of the captain, right? Because you're riding on it. You can use it to like carry Pikmin. Like it, I feel like it will add more variety to how you interact as a player rather than with the Pikmin themselves. That's what I like about it personally. Yeah, yeah, but and, at the same time, it also nullifies some of your later Pikmin abilities, as as we saw earlier on, like in in this portion of the trailer. Right, the dog is able to pick up as something that is it like the normally purple Pikmin would have to deal with, because okay, what are you talking Pikmin, about purple Pikmin are stronger ones, right? So okay, very little, very little, and, like. And, like, right now that's on the screen here, the dog is swimming, so that nullifies needing to bring blue Pikmin around with you. Like, no, it's not true. That's not true, though, because if you noticed... So I'm actually going to just rewind it here. So let's go back to that clip that you're talking about here. Like, I, I get what you mean. Don't get me wrong. But, like, yeah. okay, so let's watch here. So the purpose of the water Pikmin is that, like, for example, they're, when they're on there, those Pikmin can't pick up that part over there, can't kill that enemy. It's just getting them across. So he's more of a terrain thing. Like, he's traversal. And yeah, like, he, he can pick up some bigger enemies on his own. That's fine. But that was never the function of Purple Pikmin. Purple Pikmin were always about damage. And they still will be, because it doesn't look like the dog does much in terms of combat. Yeah, yeah, it's more right? traversal, exactly. Now, this is the thing, though. I was curious about is in the eShop page it says this game is multiplayer. Yeah. Is the dog going to be the second playable character? Oh, the two player character. I didn't character? think about that. Or is well, the dog just a unit? Well, the thing is there are multiple captains as we're looking you, here. Yeah. Right? So it could that's the thing is so I would assume, I mean they didn't show it in this trailer, but I would assume that just very similarly to Pikmin 3 Right, you're probably gonna still have the multiple captains mechanic in, you know, one player to like be able to manage your Pikmin and stuff and all of that. Now it worked really well in Pikmin Three Deluxe having another player play as one of those other captains because it made things just a lot easier. Now I don't know if they're gonna do that, but you're right; they might do the dog, or it might be like Pikmin Three's original multiplayer, where maybe the multiplayer is just like bingo and like that kind of stuff like maybe yeah, it's true. not the the co-op right like maybe they just have a multiplayer mode who knows yeah for what that was worth i really enjoyed the multiplayer in, in pikmin 3 but yeah. little i played of it it was quite enjoyable i wonder though is like we saw the binoculars and we see like that scene right there there was that bag and it had like a a company name on it i wonder if real life products will appear in this game like they did in the original Pikmin with like the yeah. Duracell battery and stuff, right? I wonder if actual brands will be in this game. Like, like that was cool. Now, I have a question for you guys about like what your preference will be. 
would you rather this game be like Pikmin 1 and 3, where there's kind of like a time limit? Or would you rather it be like Pikmin 2, where there's no time limit and it's just about collecting and exploring? I, I'd like the second one. I do too. I prefer Pikmin. Pikmin 2 is my favorite Pikmin game because of that. Like really? Pikmin 3 is gorgeous, and I love what the I love the flying in the rock Pikmin as well. But I just don't like being bogged down by time limits and like not to bring Majora's Mask up, but I'm gonna do it anyways. Yep. That's the thing I don't like about Majora's Mask is the the time limit. I feel too much pressure and anxiety while I'm playing this game. I want to be able just to explore and have fun and play at my own pace. And That's fair. And and you know what? I get that. I. I personally don't want it to be like Pikmin 2 because I felt... Pikmin 2 is still my favorite game in the series, but one of my issues with Pikmin 2 was always it felt like there was no consequence really to me losing Pikmin or me like not really doing the objectives. Whereas I think Pikmin 3 had a good balance where it wasn't like there was a time limit of 30 days. It was more just, you know, you had fuel and the fuel would run out. So you just had to make sure every time you go out, make sure you're getting things that, you know, bring you your fuel eat. up. Yeah, well, yeah, juice, that, yeah, yeah, it was juice. So I liked that that mechanic of like, you you need to consider this. Like every single time you go out, you need to consider bringing back food or else you can't survive to the next day. Yeah. But um, it wasn't like the daunting, like you only have 15 days to finish the game. Like if they were to have the timer, whatever equivalent, that is the route I would want them to go with is like Pikmin 3. Mm -hmm. Because like you can do insanely well in the first few days collecting fruit and stuff. And then you don't have to worry for a really long time about just gathering fruit. You can just worry about, oh, I can replenish Pikmin on one day or I can go out looking for other stuff in the world another day if it's like pikmin one or pikmin three i would go with the pikmin three method of timing like your gameplay but uh um, yeah and then there's this little scene at the end here where uh all the bulborbs become uh the uh pokemon from pokemon legends arceus <laughs> the blood moon rises yeah <laughs> um, we'll actually get nighttime uh, gameplay now. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking I think that would be a really cool change. I, and that's exactly what I was thinking too when I saw this. I'm like, maybe like that's what they're gonna do with this game is like there's gonna be moments where you need to go down at night and everything's way more hostile. Yeah. Or more, that could even be hard mode. Well, yeah, it could be hard mode, or it could just be like times when you have to do it right. Because I think the big difference of the nighttime aspect like as highlighted here of course they're gonna be more savage but also like a lot of the creatures that are dangerous in the pigman world often are nocturnal and so in the past what's happened is you've gone down to the planet and you have to leave at night but like for example like a bulb orb like this you always get the upper hand on it because it's sleeping and as long as you're careful you can approach it the way you want but at nighttime nothing would be like that like everything would be hostile and everything would be out to get you so it becomes less of like how do i approach this and more like how do i respond to what's happening to me and that would be a really cool gameplay shift and i think it would be really cool if they like made it like only certain things can be found at night so yeah um that 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 could be a cool mechanic change now one thing that's not shown anywhere in this trailer that was shown after the box art was shown 
and the box art actually had the flying Pikmin from Pikmin 3 on it, as well as the purple and white Pikmin from Pikmin 2. And then a larger image of the box art that was like a desktop image that's from the Pikmin 4 official website had an expanded image of that image, and it showed the rock Pikmin as well. So that means that all of the Pikmin from the past games are returning, save for the Bulborb Pikmin, but that one's very forgettable. Um, I honestly forgot about it until you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, it it was more (laughs) of a bonus. But Mm -hmm. what I find the most interesting about that is... um, the fact that in the wallpaper image, the rock Pikmin is sitting right beside the the dog, and for some reason they removed it from the box art. Yeah, like that's how I much they didn't like the rock Pikmin. They're like, let's not it's advertise just, this one. Like rock Pikmin and purple Pikmin, and even like ice Pikmin could like they. It wouldn't surprise me if they could hit harder as well. So like. They kind of do the same thing. I know, like, they all have slight differences. Like, Rock Pikmin can shatter glass, and, like, Purple Pikmin, I think... Are they the ones that can survive poison, or is that White Pikmin? That was White Pikmin. That's okay, White so, Pikmin, yeah. So purple Pikmin are slower, but they hit harder. But, like, Rock Pikmin also, I think, could hit a little harder as well. So, like, they yeah, kind of serve break the things. same purpose, right? Like, yeah. So, so I'm wondering how they're going to approach that, because in... Pikmin 3, even though the white and the purple Pikmin technically existed, they weren't in the main game. They were in the the bonus, like the bingo stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now I'm wondering if all the Pikmin are going to be in the game, the main game. And if they are, I wonder if in this game all the Pikmin are actually going to come with you. Because I think what could be interesting is rather than having all the Pikmin come with you, having only the standard ones, the, the red, yellow, and blue, come with you on in the onion, and the other ones have onions that don't fly, and so they stay in different areas. So when you go to that area, you know, your purple Pikmin are all there living in, in their onion, but they're only, like... So then they can make each area, like, they can design them around those types of Pikmin, right? Like, they yeah. can design the area around the purple Pikmin. They can design the area around the rock Pikmin. They can design the, the area around the flying Pikmin, but they're not available everywhere. So you'll yeah. always still have to, like, I think that's the best way to do it if they're going to do it. Yeah. Instead of having to manage all these different types of Pikmin and like it, it that would be too much. I think I think I like that idea yeah. that you have. I, li- I like that idea also, but I also feel that like bringing your Pikmin around with you is also kind of special. You do get attached to them. I know when I've played previous games in the series, I've always wanted to make sure that like my death count is as low as possible. So if I have to leave any of these Pikmin behind, right? Like, I feel like that might get in the way. I don't know. I don't know how it would get in no, the not way. Not to actually. die. Not to die. Like I was saying, like, what if their onions can't fly? Like, what if they're just stable? So like, they stay on in that area, but the Pikmin don't die when you leave them. They're still mm-hmm. there, and you still accumulate those Pikmin. It's just they're only able to be used in that one area. So like, each level would have its own special Pikmin. So you always have mm-hmm. the red yellow blue but like the first area has the ice and then the second area has the purple and then the third area has the rock and the fourth area has the the flying right and so you always have one special type of pikmin with you yeah and all the puzzles and traversal in that area are built around that pikmin now last question for you before we move on because i know we want to move on for pikmin but obviously we've seen all the pikmin plus the dog which we've established is not a pikmin and the ice pikmin do you think there will be another or multiple new Pikmin types other than the Ice Pikmin? Or do you think this is it? 
I think there will be because otherwise it would have had like I feel like the the four in Pikmin four would have had flowers of all the different colors. They might show something off later. If there will be more types of Pikmin, I think it would only be one one more type. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's just this. Like honestly, there's a chance that purple and and white Pikmin can be in the main game. That's enough for me. I, ice seems really cool. I like the puzzle solving uh, potential that that has, and also combat potential. But will Olimar be in the game? I'm sure. Olimar better be in the game. And Louis. Does uh, does time pass, do you think? Because these are all th- like three new captains. Do you think we'll see like Alf, Charlie, and uh, Brittany? I think we will see Olimar in a smaller role. And I think we'll see at least one of the captains from three. Brittany. Are we ready to move on from Pikmin? Yep. Um, so I'll just let the, the thing play out. Um, but yeah, so the date is July 21st. So, you know, this is a great July game, by the way. Like, at summer mm-hmm. games, this is a perfect summer game. And that showed that Nintendo are a bunch of liars because in the tweet they said, focusing on games coming first half of the year, that's not a first half game. Uh, that's first half-ish, you know? Yeah, well, technicality, um, though. Well, Jules, this anyway. is your segment. You're going to be yeah. doing a lot of talking now. Well, first of all, here's Bayonetta. Um <laughs> In uh, Xenoblade. Xenoblade. So I haven't actually bought the Xenoblade Chronicles expansion pass because I don't really care about this stuff, but I was always going to buy it for the next expansion. And I'm not going to talk a ton about this part, um, but, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of fan service here. It's similar to what they did in Xenoblade 2, you know, like gauntlets and stuff. You can unlock costumes. I'm sure there's going to be some sexy costumes in there. Um so, you know, cool stuff for people who are still playing this game. And I know there are a lot of people who still play this game, but... Very I'm, long game. Yeah, and I'm personally just waiting for this, which is Volume 4. And this is super, super exciting. So that was Shulk, um, correct? Yes. Okay. So I will share a little bit about um, what I think here. So Spoilers. By the way, yeah, this will be full spoilers. So if you haven't played Xenoblade Three, Xenoblade One, or Xenoblade Two, and you care about spoilers, um, please consider that as I'm about to spoil a bunch for you. Let's just kind of go back a little bit. So first of all, this is Noah. Um, he's the main character of Xenoblade Three. He looks a little bit older here, a little bit edgier. And then we also have the Bionis here. This kind of looks like the Bionis pre-Xenoblade 3 because things aren't really destroyed, but I'll talk about that in a sec. And then um, here we have Alvis, who was one of the main characters of Xenoblade 1, and he's also connected to Pyra and Mithra, as established in Xenoblade 2. And then we also have older Rex here, and if we rewind a bit, you can see he's holding two Aegises. The one on the right is Mithra's, the one on the left is Pyra's. And then we have Shulk here with his... um, Monado, not the real Monado. This is actually the um, the um, Monado replica that he created after the events of Zombie One. But Alvis is holding the original Monado in this image, um, which is very interesting. So anyway, theory crafting a little bit. Um, I'm very excited about this because one, it looks like it's going to be what people were hoping, which is a game that's going to focus on the three protagonists. 
um, which is kind of what people wanted from Xenoblade 3. So when Xenoblade 3 was announced, and it was announced that it was going to be the convergence of the Xenoblade 1 and 2 worlds, people were really hoping for a connected narrative. Um, however, the directors were saying, like, it is its own thing, like, it's not going to be that. And I know a lot of people were really disappointed with Xenoblade 3 because they wanted more connective tissue, um, whereas I really, really enjoyed it for what it was. Now, to give you some context, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, the, es- the essential like storyline of the world is that, so originally, Xenoblade 1 and Xenoblade 2 worlds were like Earth. Um, and then there was, you know, an event where humanity was destroying itself. So Klaus, the scientist, decided to use this, like, alien piece of technology called the Conduit to try and reset the world. And when he did it, he accidentally split the worlds into two. One of the worlds, the new world, became the Xenoblade 1 world of the Bionis and the Mechonis. And the old world turned into um, All Rest, which is the world from Xenoblade 2. Klaus himself was split into two. Um, his, like malicious like lust for like control became Zanza who's the villain of Xenoblade 1 um, and his like actual consciousness became Klaus um, or the the architect who created the Xenoblade 2 world. Essentially what happens at the end of Xenoblade 1 and 2 is that Klaus dies in both worlds because Shulk stops Zanza and the architect dies and then the worlds start to merge back together because they yearn to be back together and then that's where xenoblade 3 happens is when the worlds merge now because the worlds are merging the heroes try to figure out a way to like stop everybody from dying so they create this giant like machine that's supposed to like store the consciousness of all of the people in both worlds um so that it can essentially reset them when the worlds collide and kill everybody and then just like rebirth them all and then they all live together now throughout the story of xenoblade 3 you learn that this new world ionios is in this like cyclical nature where people have to kill each other to survive and you learn that the reason that it exists like this is because this mysterious character called zed has created this cycle where people can never grow old enough essentially to learn what's happening so that he can maintain control and that the world is essentially frozen in time right before the world collided as a result of the people fearing change. Um, and the thing that they created to hold all the data of all the people, essentially like all the fears and like negative emotions of all of the people of both worlds that were afraid of what would happen when the worlds merged corrupted the piece of tech. And so the piece of tech in response created Zed, which froze the world in place right before it converged with each other to stop it from converging and created a cycle where they would never be able to have the worlds converge. That's a lot of context. There were a lot of plot holes in Xenoblade 3, such as where the hell were Shulk and Rex if the world was like recreated and all this stuff. And then there's also this story about like the founders of that world that like created the city to like eventually rise up against the villains and there were like statues of the founders in the city that looked similar to shulk and rex now those statues look almost exactly like their designs here a little bit forward i'll show you these designs so like the founder one of the founders looks exactly like shulk looks like here and the other one looks exactly like rex does i think but also other people think that this scene here is a scene of the founder's story so a lot of people think this is going to be a prequel as a result, because it's going to tell the story of how they founded the city. 
Now, I don't think it's going to be a prequel. I, that's where I disagree with everybody. I think it's going to be a sequel. I think what's going to happen here is I think they're going to contextualize all of Xenoblade 3's plot. I think what they're doing here is they're showing a scene. They're showing a scene of Shulk and Rex working with Noah's ancestor to try and stop all this stuff from happening. Now, obviously, Shulk and Rex are big threats to the villain's big plans. And now Alvis, who was a little bit more of a heroic character in Xenoblade 1, but had a lot of mystery, is here. And it seems that they're opposing him. So I think the whole purpose of this scene is going to be to show everybody that Alvis created all of this. Alvis was the real villain of Xenoblade 3, and the reason Shulk and Rex were not there is because he removed them. He took them out of the cycle. Now, at the end of Xenoblade 3, when they stop Zed, the worlds depart again, and they kind of leave it on this like ending of like the characters that went back to Allrest and the characters that went back to the Bionis long for each other, and they hope that one day they will come back together. So I think the story is going to be that you know, they're trying to find a way to join the worlds back together. And Alvis, who clearly had an issue with the worlds being merged originally because he created, I think he created this whole scenario to stop it from merging, will reemerge and try to stop them again. And then I think Shulk, Rex, Noah, and all the characters of Xenoblade 3 and 1 and 2 are going to have to work together to stop Alvis, who has direct ties to Klaus, who has ties to the Monado, and is going to be one big fan service ending to this whole trilogy of stories um, where we're going to get to play as a bunch of the characters from across the series. And we're going to get all these big fan service moments to really tie it up because it's supposed to be the ending of this saga. So that's what I think is happening here. That is a big explanation. I'm very pumped. I think Giga Chad Rex looks awesome. Giga Chad. <laughs> I'm super hyped. I, I just think it looks really good. So thank you for listening to my Xenoblade theory crafting. See, I, 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 I go ahead and tell. No, I just going to say I wish I cared a lot about Xenoblade. <laughs> like, it seems so cool, but I don't want to play three like really three. long RPGs, plus like Torna and then this as well, right? So, but that's very fair. I might just watch the cutscenes. I am very happy that I have not bought the expansion pass yet, because I really, really hope that they do what they did with Torna and they release this standalone because I would buy this in a heartbeat standalone if it is what I think it is. But yeah, that's the Xenoblade segment. So it wasn't right. much of a discussion, more of a explanation. Here's everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Everything you need to know. Okay. Um, we'll move forward through the direct. So I got to say, this was a surprise. Hey, Gino predicted Billy Hatcher at the end of our predictions episode. He got a Sonic team franchise right and but it was not the right like he predicted a sonic team game but it was not the right franchise like samba de amigo came out of nowhere yeah. and like it perfectly fits the switch yeah but... that's what i was thinking like how how did we not think about this because like this game really does fit the switch so well mm -hmm. yeah. it's yeah, just gonna be like it's it it's just gonna be just dance but like with maracas right and it's like a yeah. more rhythm focused but like it's I don't know. It's not my cup of tea. Jules, I know you bought Samba Di Amigo on the Wii back in the day. 
I mean, it's a good game. Don't get me wrong. They're good games. They're fun. And I think if you like rhythm games, this is one of the better rhythm games for sure. I think, you know, the customization options are cool. This is what I'm going to say about Samba de Amigo, okay? Just really quick. Because none of us are buying this game. Yep. Yeah. We've established that. However, we must also remember, this is a game made by Sega. And if this game releases a DLC pack that is either Sonic or Persona-focused, I will buy this game. I will buy this game when they add Sonic costumes and Persona costumes and add music from those games, and I will love it. Because I like I like the Persona rhythm games because yeah. the music is good, but the gameplay, I hate it. I despise the gameplay of the Persona dancing games. I love Samba de Amigo gameplay, and I would, yeah, like, I, I really hope that they do that, and I know they'll do DLC for this game. And the reason I know is because the original Samba de not the original, sorry, the Samba de Amigo on Wii was the first Wii game to have DLC. So if they did it on the Wii, they're going to do it on the Switch. But yeah, this actually leaked before the Direct, and uh, I was like, okay, Samba de Amigo is going to be a game. And like, I just could care less. I want Billy Hatcher to come back, damn it. Make it happen. Oh, oh we got to talk about this game. Yeah. No, I, 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 all I can say is this I was the asleep. worst part of the whole direct. All I gotta say is I'm glad that this game and Samba de Amigo followed Xenoblade because I was on my phone talking theories with my Xenoblade friends during this <laughs> whole section, and I'm glad I had that space to do it. Um, okay, yeah. this is cool. I actually want to go back a little bit. I know this well, was this announced was already. At of, yeah, at the game awards. Yeah, I know this was announced already. Um, however. It's just so cool. Like, I have Dead Cells, and I never got really into it, but I'm considering buying this just to play. I like, don't I, think I won't even play main Dead Cells. I'll just yeah. play this. I don't think this is actually that expensive. It's I 11 think... bucks. Yeah. So, it, it that's like nothing, really. So, you know, yeah. for, it's a Castlevania cons- game, right? Like, I think my concern is, like, do I have to have played the original Dead Cells to, like, access this content? Like, is it, like, late-game content, or can I just play it right away? Yeah. And once I get more info on that, I'll decide. But, like, yeah, mm-hmm. this looks fantastic, and this is a fantastic collab. Uh, what's mm-hmm. with this Vampire Survivors ripoff? <laughs> you can leave. <laughs> Okay, we also have a Tron story game for some reason. This was um, also at the Disney. I think it was either the. I think it was the Disney showcase at D twenty three. It's like a Telltale Tron game, essentially. Okay, but, so here's my my thing. Just like a little aside, and this has nothing to do with games. This is just in general. Why is Disney still making Tron stuff? Like because they're I, making a new Tron movie. But I don't. Okay, so as long. I remember when I played Kingdom Hearts 2, I was like, why is there a Tron level? Like, who likes Tron? And then they made a new Tron movie, and the movies did terrible. And I was like, why did no, they make another the movie Tron did movie? Decent. I the, mean, this, the Legacy by did Disney pretty standard. Good. Okay, yeah. well, well, I was just like, who likes Tron? And then they put Tron into Dream Drop Distance, and I was like, still, who likes Tron? And now they're doing, I'm like, like I just don't get it. Like, do people like Tron? Are there Tron yeah. fans? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't believe it. I've never met a person in my life who likes Tron. But, okay. So this is actually pretty cool. This uh, I forgot the name of the game. Oh, Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. This is a DS game that is being brought back, essentially. Uh, it's actually not just on Switch. It's on everything. 
strangely enough, Capcom won't port the Mega Man Legacy Collection to Xbox, but this is going to Xbox. But I digress. Uh, uh, one of our friends, I talked about this with him, and he's looking forward to this. Uh, it's a really, really good game, apparently, on DS. So I actually might give it a try. And now for this part of the Direct, I just zoned right out. But <laughs> there, at least there is one cool detail. I believe this is level 5, a new IP from level 5. And just before the pandemic, I, or uh, yeah, level 5 had basically announced that they're going to stop making games for North America. And spoiler alert for the rest of the Direct, if you haven't seen it, but they've announced, they announced multiple projects and all of them are coming to North America. So they're getting back into the, the West. So they might not maybe dub the games because like they... It might be like this, like reduce you have Japanese voices, but at least they're bringing their games uh, outside of Japan now. Yeah. Now this does look cool. I'll be honest. Like I know it's announced at Game Awards, Cereza and the Demon or whatever. It does look cool. The gameplay looks fun. The art style is really cool. I'm not paying eighty dollars for this game. See, I, you can use a voucher. The, this is the Bayonetta game, right? Yeah. Who the hell is Cereza? Cereza is Bayonetta. Wait, what? But why does she have two names? Because Bayonetta is like her superhero name. It's like who she becomes. It's almost like a mantle. And they established, trust me, they established that in Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta is a mantle. Cereza is her name. Okay. And spoiler alert for Bayonetta. Part of the reason that they're doing this game is because Bayonetta 3 ended on the very, very controversial ending of killing off Bayonetta. And passing the mantle on to her daughter, Viola, who everybody despised in the game. And she will be the main character of Bayonetta 4. They've already announced it. And this, they're like, that's what it's going to be. And so I feel like... Uh, what's his name? Kamiya? Yep. I feel like Kamiya needs to understand that Bayonetta as a character is more popular than your series. So killing her off is just going to kill this series. But I digress. I am interested to see how this game does. I mean, it looks interesting. I just, if it ever goes half off, maybe I'll consider it. If it gets really good reviews, maybe. But um, overall, I'm just going to kind of zone out. Yeah, zone out. Forget about it. Um, then we get to like the next segment. So we get this. I know you want to talk about this, Mateo. I don't have a lot to say, but I'll let you take the, the reins. So... As soon as I saw this, okay, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Because like, it's in a similar way to the Octo expansion. You just go through an area in uh, the game that you can't access until the DLC becomes available. So in this case, it was the subway to bring you back to Incopolis. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I knew immediately that it was Incopolis. But as this segment kept going, it, it they basically said this is just like sort of a palette instead of like that you can just you can choose Inkopolis to be your your hud or your your, your hub essentially right yeah which is so confusing to me because like so what's in the Inkopolis past and like like just like this yeah it's, like the vendors, exactly the, sell same. The, the vendors sell the same items you still have the ability to use amiibos you have the card game like it's all the same like the squid there's sisters, nothing else yeah like the you know, it's basically just an overlay of yeah. The, but, the so, but, the, but that's the first pack because I thought I, that they. Had... I'm sure there'll be other stuff, but 
they just hammered down the fact that yes, you can only like this is the Inkopolis is the the main draw yeah. for this path. Now, Noah would be cool. I don't think they're doing this. I think they would have already told us, but maybe they're saving it, like because it is a little bit a ways away. Um, it would be cool if the actual like content of this pack is it's just the Splatoon One campaign remade. Because the yeah. Splatoon One campaign isn't on Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like the thing is, definitely, like you said, they probably would have shown that, right? Probably. Yeah, they would have most likely. And like now, like I'm gonna get the pack just for the second wave of of DLC because that because the side dish is the Octo expansion equivalent. It's the added story, but. I'm not going to buy it until that comes out. I don't care enough to go back to Inkopolis. Yeah. So, yeah, neither do right? I. I but feel this like looks this is really interesting. Like visually, like it's this deep is, blob. I, I really like what I'm seeing with this. I know we barely see it and they were, they were very vague about when it comes out. They say, say it's coming soon or coming at a later day. I forgot exactly the terminology that the announcer said, but uh, yeah, I, Split, the Octo expansion set the bar so high for what DLC can be for Nintendo games. Like it's yeah. one of my favorite DLCs I've ever played. And the Splatoon 3 campaign, the main campaign, was really was, good. Was so good. It was very comparable to the Octo expansion. So I have high expectations for the side order. And just it's just so visually different from everything we've seen before that that alone gets me really excited. So, yeah, definitely. It it does. Very, look cool. I'm very intrigued by it. Like, it looks like maybe this is like inside of like I'm gonna take a bit of a stab at what I think this is. I think it might be like the consciousness of the in this case the Octoling, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like everything's kind of like white and it kind of gives this kind of like safe, kind of like almost asylum kind of vibe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe the phone will come back. I I think it could be cool if the focus of side order rather than being like the main campaigns of like completing like objectives, defeating enemies is more like a D blob or like a reverse Mario sunshine where it's about like painting things. And it's more oh. of a puzzle puzzle kind of like area. Like what if it's like an open yeah. area instead of a, like a level based thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like, kind of like you're adding color back into the world, right? Yeah. Like Epic Mickey kind of vibe. Friggin love Epic Mickey. <laughs> I love Epic Mickey too. <laughs> Speaking Epic of, show. I don't know if that's next, but we did predict that by Splatoon three, by the way, but I don't think that's like that. No, and we knew it's that there was an expansion. Yeah, it's not. Right. That's not Earth. Oh, look, yeah, what do you go. say? It is here. Uh-huh. Uh, speaking of Mickey, um, here this game when they announced it at the Disney thing, like this became one of my most hyped games of the year. And I feel like I feel like I willed this into existence. Yeah, in and, <laughs> but here's the thing: is I was hyped when they showed it. Okay, uh-huh. I'm more hyped now. Because, I don't know if you noticed, at least, and this is what I think, I might be wrong, but when they first announced it, I was imagining, okay, this is like a Rayman Legends kind of, like, platforming game, level by level. Mm -hmm. This, I do not think, is a level by level platforming game. This is a Metroidvania. Yeah, I can see that, definitely. Uh, The fact that Goofy uses mustard to, like, propel himself into the air, like, he squeezes a bottle of mustard, that alone... 
makes me want to buy this game even yeah. more. Like the animations the- are just so cute and like mm-hmm. well done, and like but they're talking even about like the way that abilities progress, which is why I think it's like a Metroidvania. Yeah, it's so cool. Like I I really wish Nintendo themselves would like take a crack at a game like this. Like make the next Mario game like something this, like this, this maybe style. right. Hundred percent. That'd be so cool. That would be so cool. 100%. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the art style. I don't know what it is. It just looks... it's It doesn't... like It's too kooky and crazy. It's more like the modern Mickey Mouse cartoons. But it's even more stylized than that. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think the reason it's more stylized, and this is actually what I was uh, about to say, is um, one of my actual... Not disappointments, but one thing that I'm like not super excited about that this trailer made a little bit more clear is that this game isn't going to have a big Disney presence. Like it really is just going to be like essentially an original thing featuring Mickey, Donald, Goofy and Minnie, like nothing seemed like Disney characters or, and, and that's fine. It doesn't need to be that. That's okay. I can forgive that. But I also think that's the reason why they stylized them like this is to fit with this kind of like a weird, like style of like this bizarre place. Um, I think they designed them to fit the world rather than the world around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and know what? Either way, I really trust Delala. They did a mm-hmm. fantastic job with Battletoads. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think this game looks way better than Battletoads, just because it's more my type of game. Yeah. Um, but I'm so excited for this game. Like, this game is going to be a hub world play. Like, we, we got to play this game together. Mm-hmm. Yet and another game in July, and I believe this is Switch exclusive. At least it, it it would probably be timed at the very least. Also in that July window, so around the same time as Pikmin, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, another good summer game. Yeah, and it's cheap. It's forty nine ninety nine, which is great in Canada. Thirty nine ninety nine in the states. Um, this was a nice little surprise too, actually. Um. Surprise and not surprise. So we had seen through leaks who the remaining emblems were. So this was no surprise that we were getting Hector. Um, and that's super exciting. Um, we also get Soren from Path of Radiance, who is my one of my favorite characters in all of Fire Emblem. Um, and then we also get Camilla and, you Yay. know, her, her um, fan service. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> And then, yeah, this was a nice surprise, actually, because the, the data mine said Crom, but did not mention Robin. So this is a cool little surprise. Um, and then Veronica from Heroes. I don't know much about her character, but what I do like about her is that they kind of show that she can l- summon the gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> yeah, use the gotcha system. Yeah, yeah. which is really cool. Rick, when Fire Emblem um, Heroes first came out, I was so into that game. And that, I, yeah. I think that's the reason why I like Hector as a hero a lot because Hector was my main my main unit and he was broken in the early days of that game. Yeah. Now I'm I mean I don't have much to say about the expansion. I'm glad there's an expansion, but you know it it'll be what it is. Um, mm-hmm. Now this was the cool thing was because I know this was the case for me and Mateo is both me and Mateo are near the end of Fire Emblem Engage, but we hadn't quite finished it. We're in the last, like, five missions. And this was super exciting for me because I was like, oh, damn, yes, now I get to actually use some of the... Because my worry about this DLC is I was very excited about Hector and Soren and Camilla and Krom, not so much Veronica, but I was excited about the characters they picked. But part of me was like, 
oh, but that sucks because I'm not going to get to use them. And unless they make them usable in the like expansion, which I don't think they will because it's, it's a separate thing, I'm not really going to play as these characters unless I ever replay the game. And I don't know if I'll replay the game anytime soon. So this was very exciting for me because I'm like, oh, yay, Like I actually get to play as three more of these emblems. Like I get to add them to my team during the final moments of the game. And I, I'm having a lot of fun with them. Um, and fun yep. fact for all of you, because they tell you nowhere in the game. Um, I learned this through TikTok. If you are using one of the DLC characters engaged with your units, um, and they are beside a unit that is engaged with the other character from their game, their engage attack gets powered up, which is really cool. Yep. Do they have unique dialogue and things? Yeah, they um, they do. So, like for example, I've bonded some of these DLC characters with some of my units and they do have unique dialogue. And then they also, if you have the emblem in your party, when you recruit them, that's from their game. There's also an extra little cutscene. So like, for example, when I recruited Tiki back when the game came out, um, Martha was in my party. Martha Tiki had a little aside after like the main cutscene. And then the same thing happened here. Like Ike and Soren talked, Hector and Lynn talked, um, Camilla and Corin talked and they're nice little moments I mean, you also get some extra dialogue if you attack the unit in their paralogs with the emblem that is, um, like, connected to them as well. I just did the Hector paralogue just before this podcast. So, yeah. now I'm about to do the, the Camilla one. Yeah, did so, you do the Soren one? No, uh, I'm, I'm going to do that one after. So That one is, Soren can, like, I'm hit not, the whole map. Yeah, He's I'm, pretty cool. I'm not going to, I'm not going to progress the main story until I get the, the DLC, all the DLC uh, emblem bracelets, so... Yeah. That's what I did, mm-hmm. too. And I, I put all three of them onto people. Very excited about that. But yeah, we'll continue on. I, I'm very happy, I'll just say, with this game, having so much Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn um, representation, because I just love those games. Um, now, not much to say about this. Like, it's a game. It was here. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's uh, not for me. Now this one is oh, for yeah. me. I have this pre-ordered. Yep. I am very excited. Thank you, Jules, for lending me the original game. And I'm very much I was very much looking forward to Octopath 2. Yeah. It looks really good. And like I'm not necessarily hyped about it, but I know when I play it I'll be really excited. I did actually just download the demo right before this direct. Um I'm not gonna touch it till we're about like maybe three or four days before the game comes out. But once like we're in that window, I'll, I'll start playing it. So I get to kind of play it early. Um, this is also cool. Another, the second Katamari game I think is being remade. Yeah. I think this is the second one. Yeah. Um, Katamari is really out there like visually, but it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, definitely not mine either, but still really cool. Um, you know, um, oh, this is really fun, too. Okay, so I backed this game. Because um, they're, they're taking inspiration from, like, Chrono Trigger. And I backed it. I thought it looked really cool. And it was funny, because actually, right before the Direct... So I had to watch the Direct an hour late. Um, because I was teaching, and then I would watch it right after school. Um, and I didn't check any of my social media or anything, but I did check my email. Because I had an email at 3 p.m., and I checked my email, and it was an email from Kickstarter, and it, and it was from the Sea of Stars team. And I didn't read it, but immediately when I saw that, I'm like, I think Sea of Stars is going to pop up in this direct. 
Um, <laughs> and lo and behold, it did. And there's a demo available. I'm not going to play the demo because I'd rather just wait for the full game. Um, but I'm excited that's coming out this year because I've been uh, I've been waiting for it. It was supposed to come out last year, and I backed it way back when they were doing it. And super excited for that game. This air this hockey cool. game, it does look cool. It's free to play. Uh, it gives me like Overwatch vibes, yeah, like especially like the Hammond. hamster. It's like it's like yeah. Hammond on o- o- Roadhog's body. <laughs> yep, I uh, had two thoughts when I watched this. That exactly what you said. And the other thought I had was, damn, this looks more fun than Mario Strikers Battle League. <laughs> I Whoa. probably still won't play it, but it, it looks cool. It looks cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is cool. I don't know much about um, Atrian Odyssey, but this is cool either way. The game is also very expensive in Canada. It's $105. Well, it's three Ooh. games. But sure. But I felt like this... For whatever reason, when I watch the direct, like I, I respect the series, and it's cool to see more Atlas games come out on uh, Nintendo systems. But I just felt like this part dragged on for too much because, like, there, like, visually nothing really was going on. Like, they were designing a dungeon, and then they talked about this, and like, at this point in the direct, I was thinking to myself, "Wow, there's not very much stuff I care about." Like, we were, we're well over half, halfway through the direct at this point. But it was after this point that things really started to like kick it off, like like really kick off and like hit that next level, uh, and like really make this a special direct, in my opinion. Like before this, I was like, eh, I've I got super hyped for nothing essentially. Like I like Pikmin, I like Fire Emblem DLC and Splatoon DLC, but after this, we got so so much stuff. And but but Jules, that you can buy these three games separately. Yes, you can. Yeah. So the combo pack is really expensive, though. Yes. Um, I mean, we knew this was coming. Oh man, that um, is so good. Oh uh, yeah. This was the worst kept secret. Imagine I wouldn't even say it was a secret because you could literally pre-order it before the direct. But how good does this animation look? Way Forward did such a great job with this. Oh, yes. And know what, know what the funny thing is that I thought about watching this? I'm mm-hmm. like, this trailer, they made it very almost like slice of life and very like fun and cutesy, and they very, very much toned down the war aspect of Advance Wars and that. Like, I think yeah. this is the only thing they will say at all about Advance Wars before it comes out. And they 100%. toned down, like, the fact that it's about war. And I think that's because the Nintendo's still feeling very, like, what Uneasy. do we do? Yeah. But they also want to release it. And, like, honestly, they can at this point. Like, Call of Duty and other games have come out. And they never that took would, breaks. Yeah. They didn't take breaks, right? Like, so, and know what? The game does look really good. Um, and I hope that it leads to some great things. I also did find it funny, though, that this game is coming out now after one of the later announcements, because it, it's just very interesting. But I'm very excited for this game, either way. I, I'll probably get it with the... The voucher. Yeah, the, uh, the vouchers, yeah. It's releasing a little bit later than I hoped. Yeah. Like, I it, wish like, it, it would come done, out yeah. sooner, but... But know why that is, I think? I think that's because of one of the later announcements that, like, there was a little yep. bit of a surprise, right? 100%. Yeah, this was also leaked. Um, we talked about this a little bit in our uh, predictions. Um, I mean, I think Mateo's more excited for this than I am, to be honest. I like Megalore, yeah. but I, I think the gameplay looks pretty... Um, 
pretty similar to like Meta Nightmare, where it feels more like it's a side game than like an actual like game. Yeah, and like they said something where like there's actually a decent amount of stages, and I like how Funny, the, yeah. you can choose to because uh, it's all about powering Megalore back up and collecting these orb things, right? And mm-hmm. you can upgrade skills in any order really in which you want, or at least like there's a few things you can choose between. Like you can choose to fly RPG. longer. Or you can choose to <laughs> yeah, have a stronger, yeah, stronger blasts, right? Like, I I like that sort of uh, element of the game, and just I really like Megalore as a character. But the one thing I wish is that you could have just done this from the start. Like, but you have to yeah. unlock the game by you have to unlock the Megalore epilogue by playing through the entirety of the the actual Kirby game, which is not not it's not terrible, but still, it would have been nice just to have, hey, like, the ability to just play this yeah. from the start. Yeah. yeah. But... Well, if you look here, Megalore's all beat up, and then was doing, like, a bunch of different power-up moves and things. Like, there was a Kamehameha in there as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, really that's a lot, of, a lot of that was pulled from his gameplay in Star Allies. But what I find interesting is just the wording, because they said stages... Um, 20 stages and the way it looked it looks like it's connected like it's it's not like a, like it's 20 levels it's like it's one big level yeah. and there's like 20 sub levels within the big level so mm-hmm. it feels like it's probably going to be more like one of those sub games like um, from like Superstar Ultra which is fine again it's fine um, I just I'm I'm more concerned about the main game and the actually the mini games the mini games look really really cool it's still like it's the most random game to remake almost like it's yeah, pushing it remake is. right so the character models are different like they're using king ddd's new design that was from which is awful which oh is yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not a fan of yeah, it yeah i'm not a big fan of the it. mini it's game so stuff ugly the mini game stuff is brilliant it's bringing back that block breaking game from kirby 64 which alone warrants the purchase of this game yeah the megalore stuff is so cool like they added new two new kirby uh, abilities like to me like they did a lot of work for this and like when it first got announced i was like eh, i'm not super sold on this but the more i see of this game the more it impresses me and i'm I'm probably gonna get it day one yeah i i definitely think i'm gonna use a voucher on this with advanced wars because they're both games that i'm like i'd like to own them but i don't want to pay full price so i'll probably eventually pick them up save the 20 bucks yeah exactly Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Look forward to playing that again with y'all. Yep. So uh, we have another one here. This is the announcement yep. of the show. I think, yeah. in my opinion, at least, maybe. Um. Definitely not a surprise to me. Yeah. That this, this was happening. But... Like this was this, this is the. I think it was last year where we got word that Nintendo's one of Nintendo's studios was working on the emulator called Sloop, which was Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. Uh, was a Game Boy and Game Boy Advance emulator. I think the game selection is brilliant, first of all. like The game selection is weird, though, because like they have Super Mario Land 2 instead of the first one first, you know? like The first one is is not great. That's fine, but it's just strange that that's happening. 2 is... Two is so good. Super Mario Land Two, yeah, it's just strange. Yeah, Mario Land Two is good. No, I know um, it's just strange that they would do the Mario Mario game. Yeah, it's the most underrated Mario game in my opinion. Game and Watch Gallery shouldn't be here in my opinion. It's Game and Watch Gallery is fine. It is fine. It's fine. This is a cool game as well. 
because uh, Metroid Two, like I will never play this over no. Samus Returns ever. Never. But like it being there is important because, and then Wario Land Three. This is like, the announcement. I am so happy Wario Land Three is in the launch lineup. I started playing it. I love that game so much. Like maybe my favorite game in the Wario Land series. Yeah, it's great. So many good memories. Mm-hmm. But this is also really cool too. Where you can have the Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket, and Game Boy Color, uh, sort of art styles. I would call them art styles at this point. And then obviously you can have the multiplayer. So you can do original Tetris multiplayer. And then the Oracles being there is amazing. I wonder how the interconnectivity between those two games would work. Maybe the multiplayer bit. Yeah, but then most importantly, Game Boy Advance is so like and so the the Game Boy is free for Nintendo Switch based subscri- online space subscribers, but showing Minish Cap off right away amazing for game boy advance thank god i didn't buy this like some of these games on wii u when the virtual console like when i was going to say when i was going to mm-hmm. buy virtual console games but the e-reader levels are included with super mario land uh advance 4 uh and then uh i, uh, I was going to buy kuru 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 in this game right here very really like really fun game like it's so underrated as well i could take mario kart super circuit or leave it i'm not a fan of this game but yeah, then it's not the greatest superstar saga classic it's so good like it's Even funny there we is talked the... about we talked about a lot of the series represented in this little bit of the direct as like things we'd like to see like oh we'd love to see a new mario luigi game in our predictions and stuff like that and we technically got mario and luigi in the direct so that was cool uh and then minish cap Amazing. Yeah. Min- Minish amazing is my game. favorite is one of my favorite 2D Zelda games. And like here as well. I didn't buy Golden Sun, I didn't buy F0. Like I'm happy I didn't buy these games because they're all here now or they will be here eventually. If you can't if you still can't justify the expansion pass, just you, you shake your head like it's so so amazing. I love that they actually like brought out the OG Game Boy for this as well. That's probably one of the ones that they have just like in like a glass like container or something somewhere at Nintendo. <laughs> um, this is a great shadow drop for for yeah, the direct. for sure. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting, what I will say now that we're here, is I because they have like Link's Awakening and like Metroid Two and stuff. I genuinely wonder, had Advance Wars come out when it was originally supposed to come out, like December twenty twenty one, Advance Wars One and Advance Wars Two would have been one of those games we'd see like coming eventually. Whereas now I think like they won't even do it. Now they're they're probably like Yeah. There's no point. What is also sad about this is that I was hoping that if I was hoping if Advance Wars did well, that they would do the same treatment to Golden Sun. But the fact that Golden Sun is on there makes me feel like they won't. They could just probably just make a new Golden Sun game. They could do that as well. Some games I hope they add like I hope they add the Sonic Advance games. Like I hope they add Donkey Kong '94 soon, because like I hear that's supposed to be one of the best like arcade Donkey Kong games. And then I hope this is a, obviously I, ha- I have to bring it up, but I hope they add Banjo Kazooie Grunty's Revenge to the Game Boy Advance. Oh god, hey, we need Banjo Pilot. Banjo Pilot is not good. Banjo Pilot is fantastic. How dare you? Grunty's Revenge is very. I don't. I wouldn't say it's underrated. It's just not talked about. I, I would say those are different things. 
it's very very good and then last but not least i wonder if this is how they would release mother 3 if they were to do it mm. in the west that is a rip Ooh. i mean it's possible i've already seen countless posts about mother 3 like the second this happened there was like in the live chat for the direct mother 3 was popping off nintendo technically doesn't sell it as a product it doesn't need like the it might not need like the ERSB rating. You just put it in here this way. Maybe they would do it. In any case, really cool drop. I hope we do get the two Golden Suns. I I really wish they had just released them like they did Advance Wars 1 and 2. One last thing quickly is I hope Pokemon games come, like the core Pokemon games come to this because like Pokemon Emerald is disgustingly expensive. But I did not expect Pokemon to be here because that is not a Nintendo announcement. That is a Pokemon Presents announcement. We go from one surprising announcement to another. And like this was a huge, huge, huge surprise. Like I honestly wish Nintendo would have teased it because they kind of like they obviously gave it away when they just showed, oh, the original Metroid Prime is getting remastered. If they actually would have just like faded to black after this and then it would have popped into the the remake like right now or the remaster right now, that would have been cool. So much better. But um, like when I first watched this, I'm like, okay, it's it's Metroid Prime. I didn't like I it's been a, it's been a long time since I've played Metroid Prime, right? So I didn't think it was that big of a change. When I watched the comparisons between Metroid Prime on GameCube or Wii via the trilogy to this, I'm like, holy crap! This they shouldn't just call this a remaster. Like if there was something between a complete remake and a remaster, this would be it. Because, like, they have completely redone textures. They redid the lighting. They redid so many elements of this game. And the controls. Well, that's the thing is, like, I was talking to a buddy about this, and we were talking about how, like, very similarly to the Crisis Core remake that came out in December, this is, like, one of those games that really walks the line of remake and remaster because of how much work they've done. Now, one thing that's really interesting, just an aside, like a thought I had during this whole thing, is the title. I was shocked that this game is called Metroid Prime Remastered, because all the games that Nintendo has ever made that have been like this, they have never used the word remastered, ever. Yeah, they use HD. They always say HD, or they say, like, 3D for the 3DS games, or Deluxe, or Mm -hmm. DX, or whatever. I was like genuinely shocked that they used the word remastered because I, I thought Nintendo felt that there was a stigma around the word remastered. Like I, that's, that's the way I've always interpreted it is that that Nintendo does not like the word remastered because it makes it sound like it's like an off brand, like not like an off brand, like just grab cheap. Yeah. Like something cheap Mm -hmm. or just like that. Right. And I was really shocked that they'd use this word. And I was actually even more shocked that this game was $50 because in my opinion, sure. They added some, Little things to Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. But this game has just as much, if not more, of a visual overhaul than Kirby. And sure, Kirby was a, a Wii game and Metroid Prime was a GameCube game. But the hardware of those systems was very, very, very similar. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just I'm just surprised that this game is $50. Do you think it's because this really is, like, ultimately... The point of this game is to hype up and build 
for Metroid Prime 4 coming hopefully oh, next year. Like, and, and they just want as many people as possible to play this game. Like, that, I feel like that's why they did it. Is like, they're like, let's mm-hmm. make it really, like, look really good. Let's put a lot of time and energy into it. And let's make it cheap so that as many people as possible buy this game. So that when Metroid Prime 4 comes out, everybody's like, I want that game. 100%. That is essentially the strategy around this game. It's supposed to do what Wind Waker HD did for Breath of the Wild, right? It's a test for the studio, and it's a gateway into the franchise, right? Yeah. Because Metroid Prime 4 is going to be a massive game. It's probably going to be the last, like, it's going to be the swan song for Switch, right? Like, I would have paid full price for this game, but the fact that not only is it out digitally, at least today, I'm not buying it digitally. I'm going to wait until the 22nd to get it physically. They basically blew everyone away with how this game looked then they blew everyone away with the release timing and then they blew everyone away with the price yeah this is this was w after w after w this game was nothing but win for nintendo also the funny thing is and i'm I'm gonna get into like some like jeff grubb you guys remember jeff grubb right i do remember jeff grubb right he in the last direct said this game was going to be shown because this nintendo has been sitting on this game for a long time like over a year i think it was they've been sitting on this game jeff grubb said it's going to be announced in the previous direct we had and it wasn't and he said i'm so sure it was going to be announced that i bet my long hair that it was going to be announced and he was wrong so we had to cut his his beautiful mane of hair oh wow he has redeemed himself because this game came out and Papa Gino's, the Smash Bros. YouTuber that I follow, he said in his predictions that came out the night before the Direct that this game was going to be announced and released on right after the Direct. And everyone gave him crap for it because they're like, oh, you don't know anything. You're a Smash Bros. guy. And he was the only person that said that this was happening. And he just gained a boatload of credibility as well now. So the Nintendo Insider sort of community got really blasted after last direct and now they've all sort of there a lot of them at least have been sort of vindicated in a way like they were right the entire time they just were not right about the timing but like there's a leak inside nintendo and ninjas will go after them but yeah this is amazing i really encourage like if you're on the fence to buy this game just look at the comparison it's like halo anniversary like halo one anniversary that came out on 360 it's that big of a difference between old and new in my opinion at least but I, I I'm so excited. Like this is the game I'm playing right after Fire Emblem. Yeah. Like I'm gonna have to boot Hi-Fi Rush down the down the road a little bit. I really wanted to play yeah. that. Yeah, but... same. I like actually same. I actually have two funny things to share before we move on. So one thing is like when this game got announced, when it was shown, I was like, oh yeah, that's cool for other people. I don't care. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not gonna get this game. Even after I saw the price, I'm like, good, it should be fifty dollars. Like I played this game so many times, I own it. I don't need this game. And then last night Mateo showed me a video that compared the two. And I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, I didn't realize how much work they've done in this game. I'm like, now yeah. I have to play this game. Mm-hmm. So that's one tidbit. The other tidbit, and this is something I can share now because I actually in the past throughout our hub world, um, I don't know if I've ever shared it, but now I can just publicly speak because it doesn't matter. Um, but I did work as a brand ambassador for Nintendo for like three, four years. Um, I no longer do. I've decided to leave that position. And I don't have any insider knowledge. I'd like to start with that. I don't have insider knowledge. Brand ambassadors don't have insider knowledge. If you're ever trying to get insider knowledge from brand ambassadors, they don't know shit. 
However, I will say this, which this is insider knowledge from Brand Ambassadors, the little one, the little bit that you can get. So I'm reflecting a little bit, like, and I just made this connection now on the price. I'm like, yeah, $50, that's weird. Because Kirby Deluxe isn't that, and, you know, Tropical Freeze wasn't like that. Like, none of the, these games have been 50 Why is this one 50 I kid you not, when Metroid Dread was being pushed by Nintendo, the number one comment, at least from my perspective, this is all anecdotal data, so I do not know what other brand ambassadors were experiencing, but I assume it was somewhat similar. When I had to survey shoppers that came in, and I asked them about Metroid Dread, the number one response I got when I said, are you considering picking up Metroid Dread is, it looks cool, but I don't know if I want to pay $80 for a game like that. And I wonder if Nintendo saw that data and thought that what they meant was they don't want to pay $80 for a Metroid game. And so they made this game cheaper when really it was they don't want to pay $80 for like a 2D Metroidvania. And I think they would have paid $80 for this. But I wonder if that influenced. I wonder if the data around like the price being a barrier to Metroid Dread made them reconsider the price of this game. Because if Dread wasn't their ent- the, the gateway that they had wanted for Prime 4, this one needs to be, if they want Prime 4, to be a, like, a Zelda or a Mario or like an Animal Crossing or even a Fire Emblem level sale. I very well could be, honestly. That definitely can be a factor, but I think the biggest factor is, just like we said, is they want this to be in as many hands as possible. If Metroid does not become massive after Prime 4, it never will be. Retro Studios is the biggest studio that Nintendo owns that's not in Japan. And that studio has not made a real game since Tropical Freeze in like 2013. There's so much pressure on the studio. There's so much pressure on Nintendo because they rebooted development on this game on Prime 4. They're going to do everything in their power to make that game a success. And doing this is a brilliant step. It's it's hard for me to, to say like what was my favorite announcement of the show. Was it Metroid or was it the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games coming. But yeah. it's such a, I, I hope Nintendo does this more often with other games. Like they're like, and it's available now. now. Right? I feel like Nintendo's been doing that a lot more lately as they really like the wow factor of oh it's coming out soon, like really soon, or it's coming out today, or it's like whatever it is. Yeah. Like I, I feel like they really like like there's very few series that they pull a Metroid Prime 4 or a Tears of the Kingdom with where they like prematurely announce it. Um, well, I, I'd argue that Metroid Prime 4 wasn't prematurely announced. I feel like it was far enough along where they said, yep, we can, we're, comfortable, we're comfortable with making an announcement. And then something terrible happened and they had to restart. No, 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 no. The, no the, yeah, something terrible did happen, but when they announced it, they hadn't even started development. Yeah. They announced it because so many people were upset with, you know, Federation, Federation Force, Force and like, like there hadn't been rated Federation. Yeah, Force. like they, they, they basically were promising everybody where we are going to put a Metroid game that you want on this system. Like we promise. Like, and I understand why they would do that. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that's a good reassurance too for a game like Metroid because they wanted people to buy Switch, right? They wanted to be like, hey, don't worry, you can you can buy this system for the other games and like still look forward to a Metroid game at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have much to say about this. Yeah, honestly, I think we can skip really to the yeah. end at, at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, we're gonna move through it. Well, yeah, this game exists. Um, it, uh, Another. 
Oh, well, but this is just quickly. Bat and Kaidos 1 and 2 are Monolith Soft made games that came out on the GameCube. Uh, the first game, they're like a deck-building sort of RPG. Uh, very interesting. Uh, Bat and Kaidos Origins, which I believe is the one that came out after Bat and Kaidos, is really expensive. It's like one of the Holy Grail games for first-party GameCube collectors. So the fact that the two games are being released on Switch in a collection is really cool. I'm considering getting them. Uh, I don't know whether this is technically a first-party game now, but I know Bandai Namco is making it, but Bandai Namco makes everything for Nintendo these days. So because yeah. Monosoft made it, it could be first-party. I don't know. But because uh, there was a Bandai song in Smash Bros. So, uh, so but yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of this game ever as well. before now. Yeah, yeah this is a definitely leak. But I had never heard about this game before now. Um, but yeah, cool. There's a lot of cool... like, There's a lot of HD remasters coming out lately. But it's a cool way to get people into old things, right? Yep. Um, this, you know, this is Fantasy, here. Fantasy Life was uh, on the original 3DS, the first game. And I heard yep. a lot of people actually did enjoy that game. It's really charming. You know, just a... It's, it looks like Animal Crossing meets your me's. Like, yeah, and there's like Dragon <laughs> Quest vibes, but see, dr- level five, right? Like, yeah, they're level five is a lot of stuff, and then here's and the then, big level five one, right? Exactly. Um, which I'm not surprised, and like a lot of there's a lot of buzz about this, but there was a Professor Layton game on Switch. I think it's just the reason that this is a big buzz is because there hasn't been a Professor. Yeah. Layton, like he hasn't been the main character for a while because they they kind of moved on to his daughter. Or I don't know if it's his daughter. I I haven't played any of the games beyond like the first two, but I think that's why there's more um buzz. But these games are great. Like honestly, Gino, I have never been more confident in recommending a game to you than I would Professor Layton. You'd love Professor Layton. It's literally just puzzles. Like the story is. Don't get me wrong. The story is just there, and I'm sure some people like it for that, but. The puzzles are exceptional. I honestly, when I'm developing D&D puzzles, I sometimes go and look at Professor Layton ones. Wow. Now, <laughs> yeah. I, know, now I know what to expect whenever we, we have a session. I can just go look at Professor Layton puzzles and be like, oh, yes, yeah. I know this. Before we did, um, like, I haven't used one yet, um, but sometimes I get inspiration for them. But, like, literally before we did that point-and-click session of, like, the 90s CD-ROM, like, and I was trying to figure out some puzzles to do for all of you, I literally watched a little bit of a, uh, of a Let's Play of uh, the first Professor Layton game to see if there were any puzzles wow. I could just steal. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. all I got to say. I read that, before. by the way, the, the title, New World of Steam. I read it as Professor Lane and the Wolf, the new Wolfenstein when when I was watching the direct. I'm like, what? Oh, that, I had to do a double take. Oh, yes. I completely Ugh. forgot about this, but this is so low-key. This amazing. is the best course I've ever seen in all of Mario Kart. Absolutely. The music Yogi. is incredible. Oh. The style. Like, oh my gosh. I'm so excited for this course. Mm-hmm. Um. And the fact that they're um, going to be adding characters is super yep. exciting. And it's not just Birdo. They said in their press release they will be adding characters within the next few waves. I'm surprised they haven't done it. Like, I'm surprised they didn't just start and do one one per wave. Um, but I would be, like, the speculation I've seen is that they'll probably add a row of characters. This is what people think online, which means about five or six characters. So I'm hoping, you know, 
Diddy Kong is a must. We gotta get Diddy Kong. I'm yep. hoping we get Pauline. She deserves to be in. Uh... The one thing that worries me is that the press release explicitly says other returning characters, and one could interpret Pauline to be a returning character from Mario Kart Tour. However, I'm also a little nervous because I'm like, will they only go with you know? I, th- I think they would count Tour because I I think Mario Kart Tour sort of counts as a retro track. Like true, like, it does. Right? But so, I I don't know. I'm just worried we're gonna get Honey Queen and not uh, Pauline. Oh God, Honey Queen. Oh my God, the worst character they've ever added. What or, about Pink Gold Peach? No, Pink, Pink Gold, Gold Peach, Peach is, is already way in the worse game. than Honey, like, Honey Queen. Uh, you know what? Who would be amazing if they brought back Rob? That would be amazing. Oh, that would be oh, fantastic. That would be a good pull. Yeah, um, I would. Want then we Rob have back. a little reel here, and this actually, the reel has a couple games that like obviously. Yeah, yeah, man. Man. So Ma- Minecraft Legends, Legends looks cool. Yeah. Um, this game looks really awesome. Um, yeah, get it on Game Pass, excited. though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does look... Actually, this game looks really cool. Blanc. Mm-hmm. I think, wasn't Gearbox? that in the... What the hell? Yeah. Well, they're publishing yeah. it. But... Um, yeah, it looks cool. I'm really hyped for, honestly, the Mega Man Battle Network collection. I would have yeah. really been excited if it came out on Xbox, because I just do all my third-party gaming on Xbox. But if I have to buy it on Switch. I have to buy it on Switch. These games are so, so fun. Uh, and yeah, this game nice also step. looks really good. I've, that Have was a nice the step. indie showcase, I think, yeah. the most recent one. It looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this one does not. This is just <laughs> baseball. It's available later today, but I, you know, I think it hurts this game to be available later today when Metroid Prime is also available later today. Yep. Um, the new realm looks really cool. Like it's a Lion King realm. I actually yep. do really want to play this game. I just I've had game a hard passed. time getting into it. I know I've had a hard time getting into it. I tried playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does look like a cool game. Um, yep. and then obviously Tales of Symphonia remastered. Um, I wish it was more remastered than it is here, but. Yep. Still Metroid cool Prime game. once again really setting the bar high now with the the word remastered. Yep. Um. So then we have one final announcement here. So we'll just uh, go right to it. We know what it is, obviously. WarioWare. Yep. Yep. So uh, <laughs> here, you. I don't know. You probably won't be able to hear the sound when we. Uh, yeah. Show there, this. there won't be sound. There won't be sound. I thought these were loft wings at first because it was hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um. But God. The voice actor that I assume is Ganondorf. Why can't they get better voice acting in these games? It sounded like a high school kid just trying to sound like an old... Like, an old man. An aggressive <laughs> man. Hey, he's dehydrated. Is that what the community is referring to him as? Or is that just what you guys are saying? Yeah. We have dehydrated no, Ganondorf and rehydrated Ganondorf. Yeah. Well, we don't know about rehydrated Ganon. Not yet. Officially. We know for sure he's like zombie dehydrated. Yeah. You but... know who who the the voice actor is, right? No. No, I don't. Oh, okay. Um, it's Matthew Mercer who does. Um, he does McCree. He's McCree's voice actor. Uh, it's not McCree. Sorry, Cassidy. Cassie's voice actor. Isn't he's Ma- also isn't he all... Crom, he's also right? SBO. Yep, and he's Crom. Yep, yeah, he's Crom as well. Jeez, yeah, now I know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. SBO, oh my god. Speaking of Sonic, we're going to be seeing a Sonic moment soon in the Zelda game. <laughs> and and uh, I'll, I'll wait till we see. Yeah, yeah there's Sonic a Sonic moment, moment right? 
Yep. The grind rail. <laughs> Some and kind then, of cannon gun. Like the more we the, the the more we see of this game, the more I'm like we still don't know like the banjo yep. nuts and bolts <laughs> moment right there. Uh the, the the more we see of this game, the more I still say like we don't know. We a have lot about no it. idea. Yeah, we right. have no idea what's on the horizon. A yeah. lot of people are worried because we still haven't seen a lot. But like, I will stress this to everybody who's expressing online: like, they're not showing anything. That there's not going to be a lot new in this game. Breath of the Wild had the exact same marketing strategy. These these games are about discovery. Nintendo is not hiding things because things haven't changed. They're not hiding things because there's no content. They're hiding things because there's so much content and they want you to be overwhelmed by it. Like that is the whole purpose of these games. And it is intentional. Like there's a reason they have like, it is so obvious. It is so obvious from, from the first trailer till now that Ganondorf has a role in this game, yet they still won't confirm it because they want every moment to feel authentic and they know that that's what made breath of the wild the amazing experience it was and had they shown more of breath of the wild had they shown us all the features all the things that there was going to be towns had they given us all like like i remember like leading up into breath of the wild we didn't even know if there would be towns or npcs we literally didn't even know if there were rupees we had no idea like like literally nothing we knew that there were going to be these shrines on the Great Plateau, and we knew that there was going to be the um, the abilities, right? Like we knew we knew those, oh, the runes, yeah, 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 the runes. Like that's about it. Like we didn't really know that much about the game, um, not just story wise, but just like gameplay wise, and like everything was an absolute surprise in that game. And I really feel like they would have kept more hidden if they felt like they didn't need to show off the gameplay. Whereas in this game, they're like, we don't need to show off the gameplay. Like, you know, they're it's a direct launch- sequel. This game's not launching a system, right? Like, yeah, and you need- know, it's a direct right? sequel. You know what the gameplay is. Like, yeah, the gameplay is going to change, but if you're expecting it to change in like massive functional ways, you're kidding yourself. Like, if you like, I will also send this message out there for everybody. If you didn't like Breath of the Wild, and you're still hung up on the things that you didn't like about Breath of the Wild, there is a good chance you're not going to like this game. Like, if you're still hung up on that weapon durability was a, a bad thing in Breath of the Wild when the vast majority of people do not agree with you, you're kidding yourself if you think that they're going to remove it for your criticisms when most people were indifferent or or enjoyed it. So, So I think that's the thing that people need to remember, is they're not hiding things for you. This game isn't for you. This game is for everyone. It is the sequel to the most successful Zelda game of all time, the most critically acclaimed Zelda game of all time, still regarded as one of the best open-world games of all time, and Nintendo does not need to show you anything to sell this game. And the best way I can sum it up is somebody online said it perfectly. Thank you, random person on GameFAQs. Somebody said, wow, this really feels like the God of War Ragnarok crisis all over again, because this is the same kind of crap people were saying about God of War Ragnarok. They're not showing enough. This game just looks like it's the same. They're not changing enough. It's just uh, uh, it's just a DLC. Like this game isn't even going to have a lot of content. And that game was last year's game of the year by some people's standards, because that is what this game is going to be. 
It's gonna. It's going to be bigger version of Breath of the Wild, and I'm so excited. Yeah, mm-hmm. their marketing and strategy. Like, I, I. I'm sorry, Mateo. The marketing strategy for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is gonna be. So you heard of Breath of the Wild, basically. <laughs> and like the thing is, and I think a lot of the. I don't know if it's like negativity about or that's this game's getting now. I think a lot. Of, a lot of it has to do with the the ten dollar price increase. And honestly, if that is a huge deal to you i don't i don't know what to say like that is to me it's so insignificant like who cares like people are saying oh i'm paying an additional ten dollars i'm paying next gen game prices it's ten dollars american it's actually twenty dollars in canada so you americans you're you're still fine okay we're paying ninety dollars for the base version of this game more on that later uh but the the price increase oh i'm paying this amount of money for a game that runs at 30 frames a second on old hardware that I had when I was playing on my Xbox 360 and PS3. I don't agree with that at all. Like, the game is going to be a massive game. The reason why I think it is more it's expensive is because it's the biggest file size for a game on the Switch, and to accommodate for the physical cartridges, like, Nintendo has to use the the bigger game cartridges that like no one ever used for switch before so those are actually more expensive to manufacture so they're passing the unfortunately they're passing that off to customers and they also said don't expect this increased price thing to be every game going forward like pikmin 4 is not going to be an increased priced game it's going to still be 60 us 80 canadian you can use a voucher to get this game digitally it's not going to cost you extra. You just buy your two vouchers and like that's actually you're maximizing your investment on the vouchers by buying Tears of the Kingdom digitally. The extra cost to buy this game is full is warranted. Like Breath of the Wild alone, like that game, I think people would argue that they would have spent more money on that game because of how amazing it was, how much time you invested into it. Like it's my most I think Breath of the Wild still is my most played game on Switch. So if you're looking at it, it just purely on like a dollar per minute or or at this case the, the real thing would be cents per minute like your value for this game is incredible yeah and the value is there honestly if people have an issue about it then just don't buy the game like honestly yeah. like it, it really yeah, bothers me like, that they really? bring the money factor up like if you and if like, you're that hard up on 10 bucks like you shouldn't be a gamer yeah and that's the thing <laughs> is there's a ton of next gen quote-unquote games that are coming out on ps5 and xbox series x that have the same price tag that don't even have half of the heart put into it cough cough or spoken cough cough yeah <laughs> but like crap like that four spoken's 94.99 so that's um, disgusting anyway in canada at least um but like on top of that like you look at like next gen versions of games that also exist on past gen versions are like ten dollars more so I mean, I don't know why Nintendo made this game $10 more. Because they definitely don't need to. Like, I, like, maybe for this game, sure. But, like, as a company, they definitely don't need to price it there. But I do wonder internally about this game. Because, you know, like, leading up to this game, there was a lot of talk from insiders, from game devs that were, like, analyzing the crap out of the engine and the graphics and the lighting, and we're saying this game is not running on a Switch. This game is running on 
something stronger. And I wonder if the reason the price is like this is because this was supposed to be either released with their successor system, which I don't think it is because the successor system is supposed to be coming out at the end of next year, or if it was supposed to be released with the like transitionary system, the like Switch Pro that has since been, according to leakers, scrapped because they're so close to the successor but i wonder if that's why like i wonder if it's because like they built this game with stronger tech so it actually was more expensive expensive but then they because they scrapped the switch pro what they're doing is like they're gonna have to make it still have well they no no because there was always going to be a regular switch version of the game right but they're still pricing it at eighty nine ninety nine because like who knows maybe when the switch 2 comes out next year they release like a version of the game or even a patch for the game that's like a 4k update yeah i could see that so i i I do think that this game at some point along that development cycle was supposed to be for stronger hardware and that might be why we still see the remnants of the price they just don't want to tell us that obviously they're not they're not going to tell us that we will go a little further in because there is a little bit more here um Oh, I love this. That shot. That's the money shot. I wonder if she, is Zelda gonna die? Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, yep. That theory time. I'm not gonna go long like I did with uh, with uh, Blade. We'll go back a little just so I can get that money shot while I talk about this. Um, but not gonna be like Xenoblade. But my little theory that I've had is, you know, the game's called Tears of the Kingdom. Nintendo stressed for a long time that they could not tell us the the name of the game because it was a spoiler. And then when the name came out, a lot of people were like, what's so spoilery about that game or about that name? And I really, really wonder if the whole game, because we've been speculating, like there's clearly a time travel going on. Like we know through leaks, <laughs> through like visuals that there's some kind of time travel element going on here. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if Ganondorf himself doesn't actually appear in the present and only appears in, like, past. Like, whether either through memories or through a time travel thing. But I really think that the opening of the game is that Zelda dies. I think they kill Zelda, and the whole plot of the game is, like, because, like, Zelda dies. So what happens when Zelda dies, right? Mm -hmm. The same thing that happened when Hylia left the world. The entire... Hyrule goes up into the sky as a failsafe to protect itself because the goddess is gone until she comes back. And I think the whole game is going to be Link going through time and trying to undo Zelda being killed. Like, I think the whole game is going to be like reversing that. And I think that's what Tears of the Kingdom is referring to. I think it's referring simultaneously to the idea of like the tears being shed because of the tyranny that Ganondorf is inflicting on the people. Because he's obviously in this game or in this this um, trailer at the beginning, he's like leave nobody alive. Like his his goals have changed since Ocarina of Time. Like he's not trying to control Hyrule anymore. He's trying to kill everything. Like he's done. He's like I don't care about this kingdom anymore. I just want everybody dead. Yep. So that the part of it is the that tears like the the tyranny, but the other half being like the mourning of Zelda, the mourning, the loss of the goddess, the loss of the princess. So I wonder if it's going to be like that is the duality. That's my my theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, money shot there. Um, but yeah, at the end here, we get a little bit more 
some nice fun uh, announcements at the end here. Very uh, nervous pre- going into this point, by the way. Yeah. Because this was like, begin. okay, how much money are we going to be spending on this game when it comes yeah. out? And so, thankfully, not that much. It actually is quite a bit. Um, in well, Canada, it's significant, but... Well, it's um, better than the alternative. <laughs> it is. And I will say, like, I had a big sigh when I saw this because I was nervous that there was going to be another Master Edition. And not because of price. had nothing to do with price for me. more had to do with, like, will I be able to get one? Um, and when I found out it was only one Collector's Edition, I'm like, we're good. Because it was easier to get... Like, it was fairly easy to get the Special Edition for Breath of the yeah. Wild. Like, I'm not going to say easy by most people's standards, but easy by our standards as people who, like, check wait Amiibo, Reddit, and wait in line. And, like, like right? Like, we, we, usually we get things if they're, like, mildly available. So I, when I saw this, I was like, okay, I, I feel confident. And lo and behold, we did get one. Um, we were able to get them. Um, which is great. Everybody at the Hub World got one, save for Riley, who didn't want one, and Yako, who I don't think wanted one. But um, yeah, so we were able to secure them. That's really great. I'm very excited. This poster actually there um, is a metal poster, like it's yep. a metal print, which is really cool. Um, so I see where the money is that comes book? in. That is, is a steel book. book. Yeah. What are those and seven the orbs? That oh, is. Man. Those are pins. Oh, the seven no, no, orbs. The, no, on I don't the, know. On the. That's interesting. Those Maybe are the those... tears. Those are the tears of the kingdom. Oh. Seven crystals <laughs> yeah. like in a link to the past. Oh god. Just think think about it. You needed the tears. Remember what you needed to collect to forge the master sword? The tears. So you needed to reforge the master sword. Oh no, I don't want to go to the world with those stupid phantom things chasing around. Please, what if those phantom no. things are the 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 what's it called? The Zonai. What if they're they were created oh, by the god. Zonai? What's the oh, silent god. realm? Now's not the place to start theory crafting. That's another episode. <laughs> now's not, now's the, not the time to bring up the Zonai. <laughs> but uh, the thing underneath the box art is uh, a pin collection. There's four pins yeah. in there, and. There was actually a trailer that I think Nintendo UK released above, like, it was like a motion trailer of showing off, like, each individual item in the collector's edition. And even when they showed off the pin set, they only showed off that first pin. They did not show the other four pins, which I find very interesting. What's on that pin? Like, what is it? It's some weird symbol. And honestly, like, we thought there was going to be a Switch OLED announced because someone took a picture of a Switch OLED and they're saying this is a Switch OLED that's going to come out or Tears of the Kingdom. And people looked at that OLED and they saw the swirly sort of that pattern that's symbol. on the box. And yeah. then that symbol on the first pin is on the back of the Joy-Con. So it's so happening. It's going to happen. And I'm honestly a little surprised they didn't show it. to line up again. I'm still not convinced. I don't know whether or not I'm going to do it or not. I might pull the trigger. I might not. It all depends on how I feel that day, I think. I am. I'll tell you why. When the Hylian Shield 2DS came out, oh, I told yeah. myself, I don't need this because I already have a DS and I don't need another DS. And I regret it to this day that I do not have that 2DS. Like, I still regret it. I still look at how much it's worth now and cry. Not because I could have sold it. I cry because I will never have it because it's mm-hmm. way too much money. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, when all is said well and done, and the Switch 2 comes out, and you know, I currently own three Switches. I own two Switches and a Switch Lite. I don't own a Switch OLED. But when all is said and done, one day, I am sure I will only have one Switch left. And I will 
give away or sell the other ones. And if that one switch I have left is not that OLED switch, then I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm calling myself the biggest Zelda fan. So <laughs> I better get that OLED switch. That's all I'm saying. Is that yep. switch for me? And it's more for the Joy-Con than anything, because the Joy-Con are really yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely. Still have the Skyward Sword one sealed. I still have a sealed copy of the Skyward ones too, as well as regular. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, and then um, just the last thing here is um, this guy, Amiibo. which is the Amiibo. The Amiibo looks really cool. It's very detailed. Um, I'm very excited about this Amiibo. The factory Not workers for... did a real good job on this one. Yeah. <laughs> we say Speaking that of Amiibo, actually, they didn't show it in the trailer, but they, I, again, another like post press release direct press release the amiibo in this game will function similarly to breath of the wild in that they'll give you cosmetics however they're not as good is the technical term um because <laughs> you got full-on outfits in the original which i'm sure we'll still have access to in this game through some means but maybe they want to include them in different ways um but we'll get different gliders um so like i know the majora's like the young link gives you um Gives you like a Majora's Mask glider, and like the um, Rider Link from Breath of the Wild gives you a glider that looks like um, his hood. The Zelda from Skyward one gives you a sailcloth that looks like the sailcloth from Skyward, and like oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's a lo- there's a lot of cool. Only knew of the Majora's off. Mask one. I'm honestly ha- and just in general uh, for Zelda, I'm just happy we don't have like this massive amount of stuff that we know about the game. I really like that veil of mystery. Like I want that to be preserved. Like, I don't think Nintendo's gonna put out like a massive blowout trailer. So at this point, I might actually just ghost everything that comes out about this game and just experience everything firsthand when I play it. So one thing we've never really done this for a direct before, but I, I kind of wanted to. What would you rank this direct out of ten? The second half of this direct, like I said earlier, it's completely saved it. So I probably would give it maybe seven and a half out of 10 because Metroid was amazing. The NSO stuff was amazing. Zelda was amazing. Uh, and Pikmin looks really good, but there wasn't something that really like brand new that really knocked my socks off. Even though like at first Metroid was like you said, Metroid was like, eh, like it, it's cool. And I, I'm going to get it. But then after the direct is when I really got excited for Metroid. So my, experience watching the direct live i would say it was about like a seven to seven and a half out of ten range like a b if i had to give it a, a letter grade it'd be a b over you gino i'd say it's probably around like a 75 80 i'm very excited for a lot more things in this one than mateo was like for instance like with octopath so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say 75 80 percent range also like b b plus ish see when i first watched this and I came into this dra- this uh, podcast saying I had hot takes about the direct. I came out of this with a like 60, 65, like not a bad direct by any means, but I thought it was boring. I was like, there were some moments that got me excited, but I was like, all it is is old games and DLC. Like, I don't I, like, am I excited for some of it? Sure. But like, they didn't really show anything new other than a bit of gameplay for Pikmin and some stuff for Zelda. But I got to say, re-experiencing it by going through the breakdown, I think that this was like an A-level direct now. I'm like, damn, there was a lot in this direct, and there was a lot of great stuff, and actually, like Mateo said, some of the stuff that I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm really excited about that now, I'm like, 
like upon thinking about it, like Metroid and um, Kirby even and Advance Wars, I'm actually more excited now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like even like with the Mario Kart, right? Like, oh, Bur- it's just Birdo. Like, where's everyone else? Press release comes out. Oh, we're adding more characters. Well, why don't you say that in the direct? Like, I'd, like this is stuff like that. Like that would have that would have gone a long way. Or maybe they put these directs together and then they're like, hey, wait a minute. No, the information has changed, right? Yeah, maybe. We honestly don't know, but like th- that could be a possibility. But yeah. Well, we knew this was coming two weeks before it actually came. So that was quite enjoyable, honestly. I love doing these breakdowns. Yeah, I do too. They're like the most in depth we go, I think, on on these games. Sometimes we don't even end up talking about these games ever again. So like if you care about like Pikmin, we might not talk about Pikmin for like again until we do our Switch Essentials discussion, which it probably would be nominated, I would assume. Like we would at least mention it. Yeah, for the but second like, yeah, Switch Essentials part two. Man, that's We're, gonna be that is yeah, gonna be a bloodbath. I mean, it's coming. It's <laughs> yep. coming. It's gonna happen, next year. right? Yeah, I think that brings us to the end of our adventure. This is a great opportunity for Gino to sign us out. That brings us to the end of today's quest. If you liked what you heard today, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button below. If you want to contribute to the conversation, let us know any ideas for upcoming quests, or just share your thoughts. Leave us a comment. We do read them. Anyway, we'll see you next time here at the Hub. Until Microsoft, make a new Banjo game. See everybody.